Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 90! Hurrah! We're out of those interminable <laughs> 80s. And into the roaring and 90s. Into the roaring 90s. The 90s, my Nick. decade. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Definite 90s, kid. I'm, I'm trying sure. to remember what happened in the 90s. Heck, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Discovering goth, discovering emo, yeah. grunge. Oh, emo wasn't a thing then. It was a little bit. Nah. It was the start of an emo. Well, not that, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> None of that on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> How are you, Nick? I'm alright. I'm alright. 90-year-old kind of... 90-year-old sort of way. We haven't been doing this for 90 years. I have to keep reminding myself of that. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. It feels like it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it does, yes. But it's good. It's been a good life. Oh, but you're alright. Why... Um. Is everything going mad at the end of November, work-wise? It's very busy at the moment. It's insane. It's Every- everyone trying to cram everything in before Christmas and going, why didn't you think of this three months ago? I think the idea is that when the 1st of December comes around, you're just sliding towards Christmas time. You're sliding towards you that be. Baileys. I'm sliding to more and more chaos. <laughs> <laughs> You need to rethink your job, Nick. <laughs> what the hell do you do in that shop all day? I've reorganised everything. Yes. The sofas will now be stacked vertically. <laughs> the sofas are sorted by alphabetical size. <laughs> alphabetical size? Exactly. What? It's, it's a very complicated system. <laughs> Goes from Piccolo to Goliath. That's not even an order. <laughs> it is now. Any poisonings this week? No, I've been too busy to notice. Could have been loads. Could have been dropping like flies. You were stacking sofas while there were poisoners just creeping behind you. They could have been creeping, Ah. uh, yeah, hiding behind the stacks of sofas, potentially. Who knows? We'll never know until the bodies are found. (laughs) Until the sofas topple (laughs) and reveal the corpses of people. Okay, now it sounds like you've been hiding bodies in the sofas. When you said when the sofas topple, does sound like, and when England falls, when when the ravens leave the tower. Exactly, yes. Well, speaking of toppling sofas, uh, denoting the end of the world, and not noticing poisoners, I think it's time for us to thank our lovely, delicious Patreon subscribers. Are they hidden poisoners? They could be. Well, they They don't don't notice them. So, are you? Are you, Lorraine Sarsfield? Are you a hidden poisoner? (sighs) 
What about you, Sharon Jones? Or maybe even Jess Evans. We'll never know. Oh, but thank you, thank you, thank you, you gorgeous, sexy, sexy Patreon subscribers. Oh, we've been having fun this week on Patreon. Carrying on the theme. Cannibal tastiness. Nibbly nibs. It was a delightful twist. A little nibbling. Horrible, horrible story. <laughs> yes, it really was. There was no gentle nibbling involved. That, that really troubled me, that Good. story. It's a horrible story. It's one of the worst we've done. Yeah. It just was... That's deeply unsettling. Unsettling. That's very, very weird. It's a very famous story, so if you don't know what we're talking about, but you're intrigued, maybe seek help, but also then go and look at Patreon. Dive in there. Loads of extra episodes, lots of extra content for you to enjoy. Wonderful community. Jump on the comments in there and have a little chat with us. Yes. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? No. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Oh, I thought we were going to drive cars there. Or we could drive cars and drink poison and talk about cocktails. It will be an interesting that, drive. That'll be a curious thing. <laughs> to I'm, our deaths. I'm now confused what we're doing. <laughs> I'm going to have a cocktail. I don't know about you. Okay, should we go with the first one? That's my plan. There, there are lots of options. Yeah. You just went with the one that involves a cocktail going into your face. <laughs> Pretty much could be anything. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it is my story this week. Mm. But as we know, we can't, can't, can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail of the week. And the secret ingredient is... Rabbit! Yes. You'd have thought we would have learned from these lovely, tasty, meaty cocktails <laughs> that have always done us so well in the past. Yep, rabbit. <laughs> it's tenuous, I'm not going to lie. Okay, good. The cocktail is equally tenuous. It's, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did have other options, and we... You had we... one other option, which was terrible. No, I didn't. No. You only gave me one other option. Oh, no, there were two. That one was for another story, which you again went, no, and I changed the story as a result <laughs> of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, this is so crazy, this story, that you would think there'd be more, but probably this will be the one where you're all shouting all the way through. Yeah. Like, this one, right, that I'm one. I'm going to keep a list now. If I go through, okay. Go down that. Go down that. You know what? Rabbit. Rabbit is what we're having. Rabbit. I like a bit of rabbit as a yeah, meal. Yeah, no, no, no. I must admit, not usually in a cocktail. Great. On a skewer, tasty, in a jug. What? Oh, jugged a jugged hair. hair. Right. Do you put it in a jug? That's how one cooks a jugged hair. I know, I've never cooked one in a jug, but yes. Are you lying all. to me? No, no. A jugged hair? Yeah. It's, it's cooked, cooked in a jug. That's, no, it Tra- isn't. Traditionally, it was. Yes, absolutely. What? Why? I've seen oldie-woldie cooking programmes. Have you, or have, have you just dreamt this? No, it's entirely real. I thought jugged hair was the way you prepared Mary Berry it. has told me this. Personally. Personally. Was she, she in, 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 in a dream? <laughs> no. Dressed as a wizard. <laughs> I have seen her in the moving stories. Um. <laughs> I need to explore this off this podcast, but this is this, you, that's blown my mind. That. Have you put a rabbit in a jug? Not a whole... The, yeah, the rabbit gets diced up into... Bits of rabbit. I was picturing a whole rabbit in Not one of those big rabbit. jugs. No. Well, you're a fool then, aren't you? Clearly, fool. I'm the fool who decided not to stuff a rabbit in a jug. Bits of rabbit. Bits of rabbit in a jug. Are we having that? Yeah, we're having bits of rabbit in a jug. <laughs> we're topped up with a lovely red wine. <laughs> with a lovely jus. Kalua sauce. <laughs> red wine and Kalua. Yeah. Classy. <laughs> My God, we're going And then the a world. flaming Sambuca to set it off. <laughs> that stop talking nonsense and giving away my delicious delicacies <laughs> well nick with rabbit as the inspiration with the ingredient what are we having well 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 there are a few out there hmm. rabbit based co- not rabbit based cocktails rabbit named cocktails mm-hmm. there's many different colored rabbits there's oh, there a pink are. rabbit and a white rabbit yeah and i saw a green rabbit 
Oh, makes a bit um, Yes, but we are having a jackrabbit. A jackrabbit. A jackrabbit. Ooh, I like a jackrabbit. Yes. But what is a jackrabbit? I, think, I actually think it's a hare. It's um, a hare, isn't it? <laughs> in biological speaking. Oh, it's not like... Oh, sorry, I was thinking of a jackalope, which is like a, some sort of horrible rabbit mashed up with an antelope. <laughs> no, that's real! It's real! It's as real as a jugged hare, I tell you! <laughs> it's real! I realise, sorry, in my It's in stories! Book. No, it is! A jackalope is like... It, it it's is a like real a mis- thing, Yeah, yes. there you go. I think it's more of like an antelope type thing. But with a rabbit with, in it. Though. No, there's no rabbits at all. No, there is. There's nothing to do with it. I think it's more like an antelope gazelle type thing. Is it? Got nothing to do with rabbits. I thought it was some sort of mystical creature that was a combination of the two, like a griffin. Yes, no, <laughs> in fact not. I mean, to be fair, that is pretty stupid to have a rabbit and an antelope. Yes. <laughs> what, mean, what are the benefits? I, mean, I love that sort of, I know, what mystical creature shall we create? Ah, <laughs> uh, griffin, the body of a... No, the head, the head of a lion and the body, body of an eagle, eagle and things. <laughs> or there's a pegasus and it's all very dramatic. Uh, I know, I'm going to put a rabbit and an antelope. <laughs> Into this truly terrifying, monstrous creature Just on my shield. staggering around, not being able to find balance at any point of the massive size <laughs> That's difference. That's going to strike fear into your enemies as you walk without your banner. That's it's also the Esquilax, born with the head of a rabbit and the body of a rabbit. Oh, it's galloping away. <laughs> okay, so a yes. jackrabbit. So none of that. A jackrabbit is a hare. There's not even a real rabbit. But I'm not one to poke holes in this Quite. right now. Because this story literally mentions rabbit one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, a jackrabbit. I'm excited. I'm Are excited you? Well, for I'm it. Well, I'm now disappointed. Well, uh, only because I just told you that jackalopes weren't real. <laughs> I never heard of them till now. <laughs> I'm bloody looking up a jackalope while you're making this. Okay, I think it's time for us to dive into the book of myths and legends, but more importantly, go into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm, so we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Right, a bloody jackalope. Yeah, bloody, a bloody yeah, all jackalope. Right. I was wrong, fine. <laughs> it's entirely made up in my head. <laughs> A jackalope is a bloody rabbit with antlers on it that's not real. That's not real. <laughs> oh, well, legends would have you legends, believe. Legends would have you believe. It's, it's in as a myth, mythical, mystical beast. And it was a hoax, I think, in the 1930s. Someone took a photograph of it and went, look. And it's look, not real. there it is. No, it's not real. <laughs> I stand corrected. The first time ever, I was wrong. But antelopes crossed with rabbits are. Uh, entirely are real. Absolutely entirely. real. But, 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 we don't have a jackalope. We have a jack rabbit yes it is very much real it looks very nice so yes. it's uh it's kind of a brownie gold paley golden which we like we like yes, to indeed. see such it's things good color it's not a cloudy one it's a, like no. a nice crystal sort of translucenty one it doesn't have bits floating in it which is always a bonus I which, feel. it doesn't have mustard in it, it doesn't have is, mustard floating it, in it it's very good that there's no condiments in this one <laughs> But the temptation to a bit of mayonnaise on the side. <laughs> <laughs> bit of brown sauce. Bit of brown, brown sauce. sauce. Bit of brown sauce on the rim would be delightful. <laughs> no, this is positively golden. Yeah. All right, well, let's dive in and taste. So, Merry mm, Christmas, Merry the Jack Rabbit. Ooh. <laughs> that was weirdly choreographed. <laughs> Ooh, it really was. Ooh. Ooh, hello. Tasty. Flavors. More Flavors. Definitely more of those. Oh, what is going on? What is going what, on What there? is going on there? <laughs> What's going on there? I wasn't expecting such company. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it's got a really floral yet citrusy front note, I'd say. Has it got orange in there? There is... Triple sec. Quattro. Quattro. 
Oh, God, that's so nice. This is going so out nice. really easy. I can knock that back in one, which is that's quite delicious. dangerous. So orange, I'm going to take a guess. Go for it. Is it got Saint Germain in there? No. It's not got the elderflower. No elderflower, no. Ooh. This one. Because the Saint Germain, even though I hate elderflower cordial, the Saint Germain is lovely and it's really it works g- in, gentle. in various things. Absolutely not, not in not in this case. Yeah, oh, it would put me out of my misery. Okay, you know so this we have, contrary. Yeah, so we have a base of gin. Right, so we have a good starting place of gin. We have apricot brandy. Oh, apricot! So mm. a twang of apricot, and we have some dry vermouth mm. and some Cointreau. <gasps> so four things, four things. No mixers, no no citruses or anything like that. Pure booze in a glass, <laughs> um, which is how we like our cocktails: short and sharp and boozy and deadly. And just stirred over ice, not, just, not shaking, just the no it? shaking, no shaking. Oh, no, no my, my general rule is is if you've got a citrus, if you've got a juice, a juice, then shake it. Chicken if loose. you don't, then stir it, is my general rule of thumb on such things. This is just pure liquor, so stir, 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 and then strain out. I mean, it's gorgeous. But it's lovely. Really yeah. nice. Um, I'm surprised it's not a bigger thing than it actually is. When you say a bigger thing, do you mean well, like... Well, I mean, because it's, it's not one that is, is well known. It's not, it's not a classic. It's not in Diffords or anything like that. There's a couple of websites that I found it on. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. I love it. It's quite sweet. It hasn't got any added sugar in there, has it? No, the, no. The combination of Cointreau and apricot brandy, those are naturally quite sweet, fruity Indeed. drinks. So it's on the edge, I'd say of being too sweet for me but it's just on the right edge it's yep. like oh yeah nice bit of sweetness but strong enough and sharp enough that you're like oh yeah you you would definitely have to sip that though you know you're drinking pure alcohol oh uh, yeah i mean absolutely you know it's boozy <laughs> diluted yeah. obviously with yeah. the ice Diluted with a bit of water but um yes you, you as soon as you drink it you can tell it's potent really good <laughs> i mean though because there are a lot of interesting rabbity ones um <laughs> going on there Rabbant. there were some excellent ones which i actually noticed on instagram just before we started this that people had commented on mm. and stuff like that there were some very good ones with chartreuse which they were, unfortunately i was lacking one ingredient and i was like oh if only i had that i would make sinead drink chartreuse <laughs> um, the yellow chartreuse not the green one be fine. Oh, oh, oh well thank you thank you for that um, small small mercy but unfortunately i didn't have any of the sous that i would need so, ah. so i'm gonna have to get that in the cupboard for next time and then make a drink it well there we go well with our jack rabbits mm. firmly in hand they are bouncy story I, time I, oh, you're ready for a story i want to get Come racing on. ahead <laughs> yes, I'm bouncing to Storytown. See those jackalopes. <laughs> I have a question for you, Nick. Oh, God. Who did it? I may need more information than that. No, come on. You know, it's a classic thing. Who did it? Who did it in all of the crime and the murder mysteries you hear of? That classic thing. Ooh, who did it? Oh, was it the butler by any chance? Is it the butler did it? The butler, you say? Not Mr. Carson, surely not. <laughs> he was a savage, <laughs> killed his way through high society, ended up in Downton Abbey. And then he got fired, I think, actually, at some point, didn't he? No. Did he retire? He retired because he was unwell. Because he was a murdering bastard. Because he was a murdering bastard, apparently. <laughs> he was so worn out from all the killing. I've not seen Downton Abbey. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> dare you <laughs> do you watch Downton Abbey I have watched Downton Abbey it was I'm... my it was my lockdown treat I hadn't watched it until lockdown okay but then it was like it was on Amazon Prime and I watched the whole lot in about a week oh that is a very snuggly snuggly yeah absolutely viewing, it was like yeah. I need comfort in my lockdown despair yeah. um, so I watched Downton Abbey you see I like those sorts of shows but where people are being murdered in high society <laughs> going oh no Poirot if you will but yes the butler often is said to have done it but today we have a story Nick a story about a butler who really did do it oh I'm going today away. we have the tale 
of the monster butler. The monster butler. Which, in context, is better. It just on its own, it's like, what was he, seven foot tall? Yeah, and had I, three I'm, heads. I'm, yes. <laughs> no, today is the tale of Archibald Hall. Good Nick. butler name. Good butler. Butling. Butling but was a joke. Oh, name. but a butler. <laughs> if only he were just a butler. Archibald Hall was born in 1924. He is the eldest of four children and born in Glasgow. 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 Now, some is known about his childhood. <laughs> okay. A lot of the story and the background about Archibald Hall is taken from a combination of news reports, as you can imagine, but from his own words, which should be taken with a hefty pinch of salt. <laughs> I will come back to that later. Yes. But what we do know is that he was born, as I said, in Glasgow. Family, quite comfortable, quite happy, not particularly wealthy. They grow up in quite a poor area of Glasgow. His father was served in the army. He later worked in a post office. They were okay. They were comfortable relative to everyone else around them, but certainly not well off. He was very close to his mother all of his life. Uh, she's a little unstable, prone to mood swings and fits of anger and upset. Well, she's a lady person. Indeed. Uh, during his childhood, well, his sister Violet was put up for adoption, age Ooh. 10, and there's no information about why. That's very late. Yes, it's like, I'm sick of her, yes. really. Just this girl where you're very annoying. <laughs> so, kids are annoying. Kids are annoying. But the youngest of the clan, Donald Don, was born when his father was in the army, which is difficult. Well, how soon after he joined the army? Uh-huh. Uh, more than the nine months or so. Yes, yes, suddenly it's like, I've been away two years and you're pregnant. <laughs> it's a miracle! It's a miracle of... Miracles. <laughs> wonder of wonder, miracles of miracles. It's a miracle of science. No, it really wasn't. It was just, you were shagging someone else. But his brother, this brother Donald, Archibald would always refer to as his half-brother. Even though it cutting. was, no, this is your father's son. And no, is his half-brother. He had no love for him. He remains close to his mother, though, for all of his life, it said. Now, as he reaches his adolescence, Archibald decides that he wants a different sort of life. First of all, he doesn't want to be called We Archie anymore. No, no, no. He's going to be called Roy. He wants to go by the name Roy. Roy. And this is how we'll nice. refer to him in the rest of the story. It's not necessarily a contraction. It's more that he wants to create a persona for himself. Well, fair he is not contented with this life of hard work and meagre means that Who his is? family has set out. No, no, no. He doesn't want to work for a living. He doesn't want to slave and just have a sort of a comfortable life. He wants more. Even from a young age, from when he's a preteen and into his early teens, he starts to carve out his own destiny by going going to the wealthier districts of Glasgow, collecting donations for the Red Cross. Good, benevolent work. Very kind of him, very Christian and charitable. Indeed. The donations never get to the Red Cross. No, I'm of sure he's just buying the not. sweets. No, no, he's pocketing everything. His escapades earn him reprimands from the police. He appears in juvenile court. <laughs> Nothing deters him. Every time he ends up in custody or in court, he is back out again thinking about what's his next scam? How can he now steal from more people? Around the age of 15, 16, he develops a relationship with a woman named Anne Phillips who runs a news agents near his home. And she's much older than him, but she's quite sexy. She's, sexy you know, older sexy older woman. But she's also, you know, she could look after after herself she's made her own business she's quite wealthy while he is not unknown to the carnal act she basically brings him in and shows him the ways of womanhood as it were <laughs> due to the way of ladies Ooh, ladies mm. ladies <laughs> ladies, ladies not girls ladies <laughs> women <laughs> 
he does write about this in his autobiography in a very romantic sort of way, painting Anne Phillips as this woman who would teach him about the carnal acts, but also about, uh, you know, good living and inviting him out to dinner, give him fancy clothes, which his parents disapproved of. But he's getting more and more interested, not just in her, but in the comfortable lifestyle. In a better way of life. Yeah, yeah and the sort of circles that he could move in, the fine mm. clothes that he could wear. So he is even more set on charming people out of their money, finding ways to steal. He doesn't want to do it in a rough and ready way. He still has this sort of dual personality of wanting to steal, but also wanting to be a gentleman, some sort of romantic ideal that he has. So at a time during his teens, he heads to London for a little while to ply his trade there. He was interested in London. He said it was like coming home. London is a fantastic place. It is. It is. Has to be said. Everyone, everyone in the world should live in London at some point. It is marvelous. It is a. It is a one of the best cities ever. You're getting quite nostalgic about it. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I spent many a glorious year living in London. Would I? Would I live there now? Fuck no. Um, (laughs) Too expensive now. Too expensive. But yeah, at a certain time of life, there is nowhere better than London. He was particularly attracted to London because of the gay scene. Absolutely. So he was quite openly, as much as one can be at the time, bisexual. That's that brave at that time. Yeah, he was not no qualms about hooking up with women, hooking up with men. He wanted to have a lovely, happy lifestyle. So he worked that world, as he would say later on. So he had many lovers by the time he was in his early 20s. All people he could obviously charm out of their cash and their jewels <laughs> at the same time. People served a purpose for him. Now, he did think of himself as a jewel thief. This is a, a thing that would recur throughout his life. Well, you have many decades of him committing petty thefts and little crimes and serving time for them before we get to the real meat of the story. But yes, there's this dashing, charming image of the jewel thief, the yeah. Pink Panther style kind of thing. Absolutely. He just wasn't very good at it. <laughs> for some reason, I've got David Niven in my head. Yeah, David Niven, because he's in the original <laughs> Pink Panther. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that vision of someone dashing and charming and suave. Yes, and debonair in a black polo neck. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm getting no. I'm getting carried away now. <laughs> no, I think I think that's a fair assessment. I probably he probably had that image of himself yeah. in his head. He loved to think back of himself like that. But he was caught. He was caught repeatedly, and he came up with all sorts of scams and ideas. But he would end up doing these huge spells in jail and being arrested and and you know trying to escape his past but he would always just forge a reference you know just forge details about his past when he got out of jail unless you've got enough people who are going to tip you off or they make inquiries no one's really going to know mm. about your past it was while spending time in winchester jail for one of his many crimes he began to learn from fellow inmates and books, I'm going to venture with, to speak in proper English accent. He was trying to quell his Glaswegian accent. How does one learn an accent from a book? But from his other inmates. So he's trying to refine... inmates and books. No, but I, was, I hadn't finished the sentence, Well, Nick. no, I've interrupted you. <laughs> and also etiquette of oh, how to conduct fine. himself as a gentleman. He's trying to learn about how to what is the etiquette of the up of the aristocracy of the upper classes. You know, he tries to brush up on antiques as well, knowing about the finer things in life. And yes, Why? he tries to quell his Glaswegian accent so it's not as strong because obviously it can be seen as very boorish and very loud and broad. So from whoever in the inmates, I don't know if David Niven was in there with him teaching him to speak, oh, proper English. Yeah, the gentleman talks like this, darling. Don't you know, darling. Funnily enough, in one of his spells in prison, this is an interesting side note, um, he befriends a guy in prison, as, as you would, 
they're released. He is a friend. He takes him home to meet his family. He's still very loyal to seeing his mother. The guy he brings home from prison, uh, his mother falls in love with them and they run off together. <laughs> That's going to be annoying. And will it be annoying? Would you be happy uh, for your mother? Yeah, I mean, he still maintains contact with his mother. It's like, mm. She just like, oh my God, I love you. And they start a relationship. She leaves her husband. Interesting. Daddy dies and then they marry. <laughs> he marries oh, okay. an ex-con. They, they fall in love, allegedly. You know, like, well, good for her. Good for her. Good she for found her, love. I say, absolutely. She found love in a hopeless place. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Roy decides that he needs to get closer to the rich people that he envies in order to find his way into high society. So he manages to forge a reference to be hired up in Scotland by a wealthy Scottish family as a butler. I mean, that's a that's a leap because a butler is a it's mm. a fancy if Downton Abbey is talking nothing <laughs> <laughs> well remember we are in like the 50s and 60s here so we're not we're not way back we're no, when we're, we're, we're not sort of, no we're not in the 20s and no. sort of the Edwardian sort of heyday of the country estates mm. and such like that but, but still you'd, you'd think you would need some skill and a lot of knowledge you would need for a role like that. I mean, he's charming. Um, he's learnt and he's studied in prison. Maybe. He He's capable of setting up all of these cons and there's stories about mm. all of the the thefts and the cons that he enacts all the way through his career as a criminal. And they're very clever. 
he knows he's happy to move in those sorts of circles and he can say the right things so he can come into the family home yeah. and all they need is someone just to take care of things this is not about full silver service this is at true the yes they're not then maybe not be entertaining lord and lady blah 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 whoever and a butler is in charge of keeping the household yes, together just keeping it keeping things ticking over the, one of the important things that he does first of all he changes his name he makes sure that he's known as roy fontaine after joan fontaine the actress Okay. Because he saw Rebecca, apparently. The Alfred Hitchcock thing. <laughs> Exotic and exciting. And things, yes, Roy so. Fontaine. He obviously serves the family well, as we know. You know, as a butler, you need to keep on top of everyone's correspondence that's coming into the mm-hmm. house. Um, very important to keep on top of those social engagements, Quite particularly right. when the family are out of the house. Just steam open the post. <laughs> You need to know these things. There might be something important. Indeed. There's a report that he steams open one letter and he finds an invite that the family have received to a royal garden party at Holyrood House in Edinburgh. So so I think this is just an invitation that's been sent to the nobility of the area. I don't think they're going to be door checking when you're there. You just have the invitation in hand and turn up. Yes. And that's exactly what he does. He puts on, he hires some finery to put on. He goes out to this garden party and he can just swan around, around royalty who well, are there. If, if, that's the thing. If, if you look the part and you know what to say, who the fuck's going to say? Who the hell's going to know? I mean, no one there is going to know Lord and Lady or... Filigree from, from Lovely yes, Street. Exactly. So no one fucking knows who these people are. They've got the invitation. Oh, exactly. They, they look the part. They, they can talk the part. No one's going to bat an eyelid. Yeah, he's very happy to move in these sorts of circles and dress the part. And he's bold as brass as he goes in, allegedly. But he is let go from this position because the family are apparently tipped off about his criminal past. Oh. This is a recurring theme through his life is that some people do go, oh, apparently he's he was a thief. He's I, a heard, I heard he served time in jail. And you're going to listen to the gossip because there's not Ooh, yeah, a lot a of ways place. of checking the facts, really, if he's using a false name. So and he's if, let go. If you've heard it, other people have going to have heard it and would you want your neighbours knowing you've hired an ex-con <gasps> goodness sort of me thing. So no, not no, Roy no. Fontaine so when he's released from this position he again he has these amazingly elaborate schemes that he goes through to steal jewels from from shops and from jewellers as well a couple of the examples are there's one jewellers that he has cased out he had hires two accomplices he gets other people involved in this too uh, they rock up to the shop using American accents pretending that they're Americans here to buy some jewels yes um, I don't think there's <laughs> is any that, is, in- that, is that your American accent oh I think that was their bloody American accent accent because i can't imagine it was good (laughs) just to do but they do all this kind of sleight of hand distraction thing with the jewelers and the shopkeepers he does this regularly you know they they go in they talk to someone (laughs) any card any card any card any card card. (laughs) they they organize a phone call that the shopkeeper has to go out and then they can grab the jewels and all this sort of way run off and spend the money on that occasion one of the accomplices is caught and dobs the rest of them in he spends 10 years in jail yeah uh, a healthy stretch there's even stories (laughs) that he poses a shake nice like it yeah he poses a shake he uses iodine to color his skin yeah not good nice not good wears robes hires expensive luggage and a fancy car to turn up at a fancy hotel and then he goes in and like oh hello mr shake mr shake there we are mr shake the shake of such and such a place he i don't think he's worked it out he hires rooms and he does this little trickery where he moves, he gets them to book other rooms in fancier hotels as he's moving around and seeing the sights of London. He ends up at the Dorchester. Nice. 
And while he's there, posing as the sheikh, he says, I wish to buy jewels for one of my many wives. This is just probably the basis of what they say. But they feel like this guy has been spending money mm, like nobody's business. Of course, of course. He's obviously very, very rich. So, so the finest jewelers in town turn up and they have samples of jewels and he's cased the joint enough that he can work out where the exits are in all of the rooms. Nice. And it, it, allegedly he does this stupid thing where he's going, I'm looking at the jewels. Well, I'm going to have a bath while I think about it. But stay here and show me the jewels round the door. He swipes them, puts on a suit and runs out of the nice. motel. So, yeah, that was one of the stories. Well, they deserved did. it, to be honest. Oh, oh, damn them for being jewellers and earning an honest living, depending if they were blood diamonds. Yeah. This all sounds incredibly glamorous. And as Archibald Hall would say later on, he loves the impression that he is living at this time among the high life. He was. He, he claimed that he moved in the circles of the rich and famous. He would party with them. He would find a way to the invites of all of the best parties in town. He kept apartments and he would have his male companions living with him. You know, no one battered an eyelid. He did his thing. Claimed to have hooked up with um, Lord Boothby and the playwright Terence Rattigan were amongst his lovers. Okay, bold claims. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he could say anything. Like, no, oh, why not? But it sounds lovely, doesn't it? It sounds delightful. Sounds like a wonderful time. Until. 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 Oh, God. Lots of different schemes and plans and all sorts of shenanigans. But it brings us to him ending up back in Scotland serving as the butler for mm. Lady Margaret Hudson in 1977. She lives in Dumfrieshire. Now, as I said, Roy, Roy has led quite the dual life, you know, b- happily moving in these social circles, posing as the aristocratic butler, but still has lots of friends from his criminal past. Now, he had been planning, allegedly, to rob Lady Hudson, like anyone, pilfer her jewels, uh, insinuate himself into, the, into her home. But... He was actually very taken with her. He liked her. Mm. He got on with her. And he apparently has this moment where he thinks, I'm going to go straight. I'm just going to keep this lifestyle. I'm going to work. And she's obviously looking after him quite well. They get Mm. on very well. None of this naughty stealing business. None of that. Until an old friend arrives on the doorstep, David Wright who was an ex-con who was served a spell in prison with Roy. They were very friendly. They were close. David is much younger than him. Whether he has invited him to come and stay with him for the weekend as his guest, whether he has brought him up with a promise of a job, whether the guy has just followed him there. He ends up on the doorstep. Roy is kind of happy to see him as a companion, but doesn't really want him honing in on the gig that he's got at the yeah, moment. he's got a good thing going, so... He does, but David impresses Lady Hudson. He's, she's quite taken with him. She offers him a position of gamekeeper on the estate and Roy is like okay this isn't this isn't exactly what I'd planned because David Wright is already going to him okay what's the con what are we gonna do let's how are we gonna rob the old lady David Wright has wild behavior he could ruin everything that's been built up one day while Lady Hudson is away he finds David Wright going through her jewels stealing (sighs) things they get into a massive row David Wright fires a gun at him that that results in an injury and then David Wright's crying and sobbing because he's drunk and he's inconsolable (laughs) yeah this this situation needs to be dealt with yeah indeed dealt with oh dealt with in a in a dramatic way in a dramatic way there needs to be staging and lights excellent costumes like well, I have oh. to say, 1970s, you've got a butler. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. 
I want a butler. You're living the you're living the old the old life. So yeah, this is the thing you have to keep reminding yourself through it. Again, this is the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, after this altercation that has resulted in this gunshot and injury and crying and weeping. Roy says to David Wright, you know what, let's just bury the hatchet, let's forget our argument, we're just going to go out for a nice day of rabbit hunting. <laughs> that's it, I'm that's sorry. That's it, that's it. Do they catch any rabbits during this? Do they make some nice jugged rabbit afterwards? Probably, Let's say yes, yes they did. Yes, they did. There was just a chorus of rabbits dancing alongside them as they go out onto the estate, particularly at the point where Roy shoots David four times and kills him. Are you sure a rabbit didn't do it? I think maybe a rabbit whispered in his ear going, kill him, it will be fine. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the, 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 the killer rabbit from the Holy Grail. Left out from... from it from is a, the from rabbit. A, it's the, <laughs> He's got the teeth. The cave of Kyle Bannon. <laughs> I am not kidding you, Nick. There was a point where I was researching going, I wonder if there's any other deaths involving rabbits. And I Googled it and all I got was Monty Python spam for four pages. And then I went down a rabbit hole. I'm just, look at the bones. Look at the bones. I told you! I told you! <laughs> yeah, it's just a harmless wee bunny. So that rabbit comes out, rips David's throat out. He thought, nice. I, better, I better shoot it just to cover the tracks just of this legendary beast. Yeah, he, he shoots and kills him. Um, he leaves the body by a stream. He has to go back several times to bury him because he doesn't get it right each time. He's... How do you not bury someone right? Well, he kills him, leaves him by the stream... Lady of the house is coming back, so he's like, better go home and cook dinner. Okay, right. Runs yes, back. Well, I've Hello, got to do, some, do some buttling. Yes, so. and buttle, buttle, buttle around the house. And then run, runs back out, cover him up with some leaves and stones, and then he goes, no, that's shit. And then goes back, gets a shovel, buries him a bit. Apparently, then takes the, the dog, the lady's dog out, say, ah, well, the dog detect the body and like detects it instantly. It's yeah. just like, there's a body here. <laughs> and so he then has to like dig an actual hole. Like, always dig an actual hole, people. Don't kill anyone, but do go dig with, an actual yeah, hole. Go with the whole first time round. But we know about shallow graves. Yeah. Body is buried. One problem solved, but not for long. Mm. Even though Wright's body remains hidden, Roy's past did not. Oh, God. His employer is tipped off about his criminal past again who is this person writing anonymous letters i don't know all over the country it's this thing that apparently people just keep getting tipped off and there's there's theories from himself maybe it's his mother maybe it is or maybe the the ex-con who shacks up with his (gasps) mum yeah writing letters going don't trust him he's a bastard and mother's going come home to mother come home to the bosom i mean she must be about 306 by now but (laughs) why what how old do you think mothers are oh they're very old So Roy is out of a job again. But Roy is now a killer as well as a thief. He moves to London, you know, sort of yo-yos between London and Scotland. As you say, London's a lovely place. He tries to get another job as a butler. And this time it is for an elderly couple, for Walter Scott Elliot, 82, and his wife, Dorothy Scott Elliot, who's, who's 60. There's no point going straight. Roy thinks. Just rob this couple, stick to a life of crime. I've tried it once. There's no point. While he's devising these plans, he meets in London, whether it's at a pub and it's a coincidence, but he definitely meets at this time his old flame, a prostitute, on and off prostitute, Mary Coggle, nicknamed Belfast Mary. Great name. Nice. And a friend of hers, Michael Kitto. So they all get together and they're like, okay, we could knock over this house. Yeah, let's let's get the jewels. We're not going to hurt anyone, but it's all going to be fine. Roy chooses a day when the couple are out of the house. Now, reports here differ 
depending on what source you read. There are some that say the two of the, the couple are out of the house completely. One says that Mrs. Scott Elliott was out at a, she was convalescing or she was at the hospital and Mr. Scott Elliott is asleep in the house when Roy brings Michael Kitto over to the house to case the joint. Okay. You thought you would check that out first. Is there anyone in? Yeah, that's where I'm kind of, okay, this is really diverging on what what has been said and is this a little bit of hyperbole here? But either way, they are in the house, in Mrs. Scott Elliott's bedroom or one of the bedrooms, and Mrs. Scott Elliott walks in. Dorothy, 60 years old. What's going on? The butler's in here with a strange man. (gasps) Strange man in my bedroom. And panic sets in. Yeah, I can see that. It's Kitto, allegedly, who just grabs Dorothy and smothers her. Ooh. They murder the old woman in her home instantly. So now they have a body and the husband to deal with. And he's still asleep upstairs somewhere. If he's asleep, one of the accounts is that they go, oh, your wife had a nightmare, it's fine, go back to sleep, which is a bit weird. Another is that he is out of the house or he was distracted and he didn't see the wife go into the room. But the the trio get together, but they say, we've got to get rid of him too. They're going to drug him. They give him whiskey with sleeping pills in it. So whether he's asleep upstairs in the bed, thinking his wife is is elsewhere, yeah, having a drink of whiskey, he comes home from wherever he's been. Mm-hmm. They're like, here, have a glass of whiskey. Your wife is absolutely fine. Don't worry. Who yeah. are all these people in my house? Drink the whiskey, drink the whiskey, <laughs> drink the whiskey. They're whiskey salesmen. <laughs> exactly. We've come plying our trade. Walter is drugged. Now they just need to get him and his wife's body out of the house. Can so, I say something? Yes. You could have a whiskey. We've used whiskey before. Well, you could have a different type of whiskey. We probably could have had a different type of whiskey. So, but we've had a very, very nice thing. This is true. With Rabbit. Yeah. Rabbit has led to a happy conclusion. It has. You didn't know that at the time. No, it was tenuous You took, you took a risk. They need to get the body and the sleeping Walter out of the house. Uh, Mary Coggle turns up and she she is very happy to help herself to Mrs. Scott Elliott's lovely fur coat. <laughs> sure she is. Fur coat and a hat. The men don't object to her taking that. They think, okay, maybe if we're in the car, we'll, we'll just pass her off as uh, Mrs. Scott Elliott if we're driving around and he's unconscious <laughs> in the back of this car that they've hired. Shove them in there. After raiding the house, they travel up to Scotland. That's a long drive. It is. They go back and forth, but then again, you know, just distance between the scene of the crime. They bury Dorothy by the road in Perthshire. Then they drive Walter to Inverness. It's a long old drive. I mean, you're passing through many bleak and empty places on the way. Yeah. They want distance between things. we, we want to go to Scotland. Attempt to strangle Walter... But he, 82 years old, he fights back. Hey, well, you're going to want you if yeah. someone's trying to strangle you. They finish him off with a shovel. Oh, oh, Christ. That's not nice. Not nice. He is buried in the woods. Now, you'd think this would be the end of the madness. No, 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 no. Mary Coggle is really annoying Roy after this whole incident <laughs> in their little hideout. Belfast Mary. Oh. She's annoying him because she won't give up the fur coat and the hat. She wants to wear it. She's earned it. It's a she beautiful mink coat. people for it. So. Exactly. But he's like, no, people will notice. You are a prostitute. You are from the streets. Yeah. Where did you get that mink coat from? You need to stop this business. It escalates into this savage row between them, which ends with Roy attacking her with a poker. Oh, Christ. It hits her over the head with a poker, beats her, and then apparently finishes her off by putting a plastic bag over her head. Ooh. And suffocating her. It gets dark. It's yeah, dark. Really yeah, really <laughs> yeah. Caveat. But halfway through this. <laughs> Mary Coggle is killed. Okay. He and Michael Kitto agree to bury her as well. 
they bury her in Dumfriesshire. Her body was found on Christmas Day in 1977 by a local shepherd. So from here, you've got three dead bodies out into the wilderness. Actually, four. Four, yeah. You've got four with David Wright. Roy returns home. He's got Kitto was with him. I suppose they're kind of like bound at the hip now. Yeah, you can't really get rid of him now, can you? He goes home uh, to celebrate Christmas with his family. He also has a hideaway in Cumbria at this time. But when he goes home, he's most displeased to see his younger half-brother, Donald. Remember Donald? Oh, remember Donald? Yes, yes, yes. The questionable half-brother. Yeah, he's home. He's home from prison, where he's been serving time... He's been a naughty boy. Yeah, for burglary. And also paedophilia. Oh. Child molester. Oh, that's less good. And this only strengthens Roy's hatred for him. Yeah, I get that. He hates Donald. Donald's asking, like, oh, yeah, you're coming home with presents and money. Where'd you get all that money? Can't stand him. Donald, you can fuck off. He's done terrible, terrible things. Mm. So Roy invites him, being the benevolent brother that he is, going, why don't you come with me and Michael? We'll go to our, you know, we've got a little cottage in Cumbria. We'll tell you all about the schemes we're into. Mm. You know, you've done a bit of burglary. Come on with me. You know, we, we've got this little thing going where we rob people and we tie them up. And this is all the way that we do that. In one report, Donald apparently willingly like lets him demonstrate how you tie up your victims. What ends up happening is Donald is chloroformed. Yeah. And drowned in a bath. Yeah, I can see that not ending well. Yes, Roy gets rid of his hated half-brother. But it's en route again to Scotland to dispose of the body. Scotland's just their dumping ground. This is a major drive. London to Scotland. Well, that was Cumbria this time. Oh, not that, that far. Okay, so yeah. Not okay, that fine. far. Not that but far. then they know Scotland very well. Yeah. He's he's grown up there and he's like, yeah, there we go. Distance, distance, distance. But it's on this drive that it, things come a cropper in a wonderfully bureaucratic red tapey way. Okay. So they, are, they have a car that they've got Donald's body in the trunk. They've put false plates on so they won't be detected they won't be found they drive up uh it's a long drive icy conditions they stop at a hotel for the night him and michael the the hotel owner is very suspicious of them they're shiftily walking around like there's nothing to see here we're fine we're fine the hotel owner is like oh god you know i don't know if they're gonna pay their bill i'm a bit worried about these guys maybe we'll we'll, we'll call the police and just get them to check out the car and maybe check out the license plates and stuff and anything into them and what the police find they do come over and they check the license plate but they notice the license plate does not match the numbers on the tax disc of the car Ooh, okay. very old school that really is absolutely <laughs> do you remember do you remember tax discs nick <laughs> no i've never owned a car so have oh, you never okay well in england up until <laughs> a remember, few years ago <laughs> a few years ago you had to have a tax disc displayed in your window that showed you'd played the road tax that we have to pay in england and it has your license plate number on it but the license plate number of the tax disc in the window did not match the actual license mm. plate so they're like okay guys you gotta come into the station so they're like well we'll bring these guys in we'll bring the car in it's probably <laughs> nothing oh my god there's a dead body in the trunk there's a person in the boot obviously things unravel here while they're being questioned (laughs) while they're being questioned roy in a very uh, ted bundy way tries to escape does escape through a bathroom window just leaps out of the station runs 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 runs, but he is caught he is caught by the police get back here you with the car they do this amazing join the dots series of they got the car to an antiques dealer who they had knocked over or they'd conned and that leads them to the scott elliott's house where they see the evidence of them going missing and the ransacking of the house then they link up with mary coggle's body being found and all of this stuff is unraveling all of the evidence is mounted up this isn't just a spell for a jewel thief it's a spell for multiple murders roy tries to kill himself 
in custody, does not succeed. And after that, he breaks down Ooh. and he confesses. He says he's responsible for all the deaths. He points out where everyone is buried. So David Wright, Walter and Dorothy, Scott Elliott are all found. And Archibald Hall and Michael Kitten are charged with all of their murders. Oh, okay. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Now, Hall has confessed. He is sentenced to life imprisonment for four of the murders. Dorothy's murder lies on file. Do you know what that means? No. When a case lies on file it basically means look we have enough evidence to com- commit convict this person we don't need to hear the details of this and it to be dragged out in the public interest in court well we've recast that a lot i didn't, yeah. I didn't know that was a term for it but, yeah it lies on file yeah. so it is recorded but he is not convicted of it kitto gets life for three murders for the three murders he was involved with apparently archibald hall was planning to kill kitto so it's the police go is 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 just as well you were caught yeah you survived you you lucked out on that one you're lucky lucky man and hall is convicted and he is sentenced to life imprisonment he remains on the dangerous prisoners list for all of his life Mm. uh, which is that the prisoner is advised never to be released he is deemed at the time the words are as a psychopath he made the most of his time in jail by writing his autobiography which was published in 1999 and you can read it online it's it's still available it's an interesting read shall we say and he eventually died of stroke in 2002 age 78 but he was forever known as the monster butler this butler who had infiltrated the high society in the 70s. Yeah, not that high. And killed. <laughs> and he wrote in his own autobiography, which t- details the glamour of his life and what happened around the crimes in, in piecemeal. But he said, there is a side of me when aroused that is cold and completely heartless. Mm. Ooh, so that intriguing. is the story of Archibald Hall. Ah. So you say Archibald Hall, I think I think it's a place. Archibald Hall? Archibald Hall. <laughs> yeah, that does sound quite yeah, good, actually, like, yeah. It's like a grand building somewhere. There it is, uh, Archibald Hall. Yeah. Don't go and there have, after dark. And I have to say, for the past sort of five minutes or so, I've mainly blanked out what you said. <laughs> because because <laughs> okay. there, there was a point there, you said that they traced it back to an antiques dealer. Yeah. And my brain went to Lovejoy. <laughs> and I've just been thinking of Ian McShane for the last five minutes. Um <laughs> I so, love Ian McShane, to be so, fair. So apologies for that. Um, <laughs> You've just been going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's fine, because all it was, he was convicted, and he was, there we go, there we go, it's done, so, yeah, it's done. I've so, <laughs> been thinking of dodgy antiques, and I'm going, oh, love John. Oh, I haven't seen that for ages. Oh, the story had everything, didn't it? <laughs> there you go, the story of the monster butler. Yeah, well, it's good. Mm, it's love- it's a lot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I... I, I I was familiar with that story because it's one of the ones that's come up on my list of things to do in this case. But you've beaten me to it. Our wonderful fan, Marcel, said we should do it just so Nick can go, the butler did the it. The butler did it. The butler did it. <laughs> and he definitely did do it. He many, definitely many did times. do it. it. There's a lot to that story. I mean, it was, it was, also, I mean, mm. apart from the murdering bit and the crime <laughs> bit, it, it is a life I very much aspire to. When I was in London as well, going... But going jewel thief. No, not, no, no, not that bit, but being amongst loveliness sort of the bohemian yeah exactly playboy yeah being that sort of being amongst lovely things and lovely people and going to see (laughs) 
art exhibitions and going to fancy restaurants and things. It's exactly what I wanted my time in London to be. Yes, but you um, did that. But I did that without murdering people. Without murdering or stealing, or stealing from anything. people. Yes. Um, I Everyone did that wants that. Yes. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, so there's a very bit of me who's going, oh, yeah, it's quite fine. Because <laughs> it's lovely. Um, <laughs> if you hadn't been able to afford it, you would have killed. I would have, I would have killed, absolutely. But thankfully, I had a job. <laughs> so. There's some awful reports out there in hindsight the newspaper reports about him the gay butler and the, the bisexuality yeah. is really dragged out it with needless detail like literally every man he met was apparently his lover well it was i'm not gonna say it was the star of the time yeah. um but it i mean it very much was it was i mean illegal until what sometime in the 50s or something mm. yes i'm not surprised it was as commented upon as it was yeah the right of course uh, no the sources for the story again they are this was a difficult one because there are there are good sources about you know the newspaper reports and all the things you can delve into there is his his autobiography and sometimes the sources seem to be convoluted or excuse me not convoluted convoluted or muddied by his interpretation of events and his glamour that he wants to spin on it well absolutely i mean i've, I've encountered this before when writing episodes as well is that when you when you have a, a, a subject who is has given their version of events afterwards um especially if they've been convicted or something like that they've got generally nothing to lose at that point no so it is a very glamorized mm. sort of extravagant version of events yeah that you can you can get i mean this happened actually on the patreon one this week we've mentioned earlier yeah is that the chap there is very much alive and has written books and all this sort of stuff and given interviews about about the subject so mm. it's difficult when the person is alive that you do get a very rose-tinted view of the whole the whole situation and it's nice to find sources that give you some color as well when we're doing these stories so it's not just and they killed people and they were shot but have to be taken with a pinch of salt they do and that's why i've sort of tried to to relay the the story as as fact-based as possible with bits of color in there Mm. you know we we can add that in but a lot of his i I was reading through the book i have not read it cover to cover and i found bits in there and there were bits that i really struggled with going okay this is just you could be writing (laughs) anything right here now and people have died and you knew what you were doing you know but also cashing in on <laughs> on it well, i suppose you would though well yeah. i mean things you would you you want to at that point you want to sell books you want to you got nothing to lose you've got nothing to lose have you you've been convicted of a thing you want to sell books you want to get interviews you want to make money out of it but it's a good butler murderer's story a very good butler but, murder story yeah but in the 70s which made me kind of go there must be some in like the 1800 1880s oh, 90s yes. oh there must be a murdery butler in there you do think butlers is going to sort of like turn of the century 1920s is mm. peak butler um, I feel. Um, <laughs> well, you certainly don't think of the 1970s as, as butler territory well i yeah. don't anyway. and um, we've, we've done a couple of stories but i feel like there must be way more out there or maybe it is genuinely scaremongering servants who did away with their employers maybe they were wrongly accused but there was this terrible panic and fear about servants wanting to enact revenge on horribly strict employers <laughs> out there or maybe they were covered up maybe there's more stories that you know of out there that you'd like us to cover but what do you think people what do you think about archibald hall it's a lot of layers to that one indeed an awful lot going on on do you know his story are there all sorts of wild and crazy tales that you would like to add to it please do jump onto the comments and talk about all of the strange shit he did and do try the jackrabbit 
Oh, it's, it's so great. good. It's gone down incredibly well. Incredibly so well. The recipe will be out on Friday. I heartily recommend you give it a go. It's got everyday stuff that you've probably got in the cupboard. Nah. Try it. I will definitely be having another one of those probably very soon. Jump onto social media and tell us what you think of the episode. If you haven't already, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes for this podcast thank you a million times over to anyone who has left us a review please do send us a screenshot of any reviews you leave as we've said before we don't always see the reviews depending on which country you've left them in for some reason it doesn't show them up (laughs) if you've left a review and you've done something lovely send it to us we don't mind we don't mind you going look what i just did great we'll share it we really really appreciate you doing it but more importantly share the poisonous cabinet on whatever channels you're on tell your friends tell your enemies if you haven't already, check out our merch store in time for Christmas. Send us suggestions of, of stories that you'd like us to cover or of more merch ideas that you'd like or more bonus material you'd like to see on Patreon. We are going to take a small break in December. As we run up to Christmas, we want to do a special episode. We do need a tiny bit of time off every now and then just to gather our thoughts, to get more research. So we will give you the dates of when we're taking a break, but it won't be for long and we will still be doing our content on Patreon. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye!